Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Inzer and Ginger podcast, where we talk mostly NFL and some other sports as it comes up. A little bit of gambling. We're both pretty bad at it, but I did pretty good this weekend. Just a little spoiler for you. Uh, I am the Ginger, and joining me is the Yinzer. Hey, guys. So, as I mentioned, we, we talk gambling. Uh, we give our picks and talk about our record from the previous weekend. Uh, how did you do this weekend, John? Uh, I actually did pretty good. I hit uh, four out of my five, uh, four of my six bets. So it's doing pretty well. Uh, do you want to go into some of my hits and misses? Hell yeah, brother! All right, so a couple of my hits: KC versus Bills under fifty-seven and a half. Dolphins minus eight and a half. Uh, these are my hits, by the way. Uh, Lions versus Jags under 53 and a half and the Browns versus Steelers under 53 and a half. Now had a couple misses as well. Packers minus two. I really was hoping Aaron Rodgers would show up to the game, but Tampa Bay basically sat him down and told him you're not going to play football. And then the biggest miss, most upsetting miss, I did parlay the Kansas City game for being under 57 and a half. KC by five and a half, uh, negative five. And then for Travis Kelis to score a touchdown and Tyreek Hill to score a touchdown. And Tyreek Hill came up short, never got a touchdown, and that was a plus thousand odds bet. That is unfortunate because unlike you, I hit on my Chiefs same game parlay. I had uh, Chiefs minus four and a half and the total under 57 and a half. That hit at about a plus 190, so I netted about 20 bucks off that. Uh, betting with the FanDuel free $10 on a same-game parlay. Um, I also hit on Finns minus 8.5. And, and my big miss of the week was I accidentally bet the Green Bay game twice. And I bet on Green Bay both, once for two units, once for one unit. Neither hit. I had it for minus 1 and minus 2.5. Obviously, I got blown out of the fucking water by Tampa Bay. And just disappointed the world there. But on the weekend as a whole, I was eight and four. And for the season, that puts me to 28 and 21, hitting at about a 57% clip. All right. Oh, oh, and the big thing I'm back in a triple digits in my sports book. (laughs) Must be nice. Oh, it's a great feeling. It really is. Um, Well, you had a pretty good week, obviously. So. And we have some good news. We don't have to quit the podcast because last week we both hit on two of our three bets. So the tie continues at 7-7. Yep. It's a good feeling that we're not, you know, so awful that we have to quit podcasting. (laughs) Maybe we should, but we don't have to now. (laughs) That's, I mean... Should and have to are two very different things. Oh, exactly. But uh, so what do you got for your picks this week? I'll let you lead it off this week. All right. So my first one is Bills versus Jets under 45. That's that's really solid. Um, my first one is Tennessee plus two and a half versus your Stillers. Two and a half. Isn't it one and a half right now? Uh, I think when I wrote it down, it was two and a half. I'm pretty sure the line flipped too. I'm pretty sure the Steelers are plus one and a half now. Really? It, it was trending. Uh, and Titans oh. are now minus one and a half. 
I will look that up as you give your next. Uh, All right. Pick. My next one is Browns minus three and a half versus the Bengals. That feels like a cop out. <laughs> hey, that both teams are ass. It could go either way. Wait, did you say the Bills minus three and a half? No, Browns versus oh, Browns, Bengals. Browns, 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 three and a half. My bad. I'm, I'm deaf. All right. We all know. Let's see here. Steelers. Uh, it oh oh wow it did it did flip because when I wrote this down yesterday, I had uh, the line was at plus two and a half for Tennessee, and yet it has it has now flipped over to uh, Pittsburgh plus one and a half. So. Uh, I guess that pick doesn't matter. Uh, let me give you my alternate. Uh, I've got Tampa and Vegas under 54 as my first one then. So, okay. I don't know how I feel about that, about that but you never know. I mean, in my opinion, I think if uh, if Tampa Bay can shut down the Green Bay offense is as well as it did. I mean, 10 points is absurd. Uh, you're not wrong. And, um, but I, and I don't think they're, they're primed for two 40 point weeks in a row. I, I don't think it happens. Their offense isn't that good. <laughs> but Tom Brady, but Tom though, but the goat, he's the goat. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> anyway, um, so for my yeah. second pick, I've got Seattle minus three and a half versus Arizona. At least that's what it was when I wrote it down. I've checked that line now. It's still there. That's what it opened at. Oh, you bastard. That was my third pick. All right. So my alternate pick, risky pick, Bears plus six versus the Rams. They're, is that right now they're plus six? I made that bet right before we started this podcast. So, yes. It opened at plus seven. Well, it's now plus six. <laughs> what I'm seeing here is like, the is that the Chicago games? They're the new Bills under bets. Their <laughs> offense isn't good enough to put up more than twenty points, and their defense is good enough to hold the other team under under twenty five. Yeah. So, I don't have it down, and it's not one of my picks. But I would I, I would lean the under on that game at forty four and a half. And with betting the under, betting the dog at a touchdown underdog is always solid. Yep, and hopefully it's. <laughs> And my third pick is going to be Tampa minus three versus Vegas. Okay. So, uh, I I think they this is probably a touchdown game. Um, yeah, it's probably gonna be close. Oakland could put up points, um, but I, I think that Tampa defense is very very strong. So that's a. That's it for our picks. Um, is there any other gambling you want to talk about before we move on? Um, on top of gambling, um, MLB, just going to say it. I don't think the Tampa Bay Rays have escaped the Steve Irwin curse that they put on themselves back in 2008. So I put my money on the Dodgers to win. Just saying. I mean, they were the devil Rays before that. You know that, right? I get it. it. Just got rid of the devil. I, I Steve Irwin curse doesn't care about the name change. It's following them into it. Um, 
I actually bet them last night. I bet them exactly what I was over triple digits. So no matter if I hit or lost the bet, I would stay in triple digits. <laughs> uh, by the way, for any of our listeners that doesn't know about this Steve Irwin curse, back in 2008 when the, I guess the Devil Rays at that point were in the um, final series of MLB playoffs, uh, someone made a sign. I'm not sure if the team did or if it was a fan. That was like, uh, whoever they were playing can't beat. They were the Rays at that point. They changed notes. Okay. So... More point. Anyway, but Steve Irwin died from a, a uh, ray when he was scuba diving. And they said, Steve, we, we can kill Steve Irwin. We can kill whoever they were playing. I don't remember who they were playing. And they made a sign. And ever since then, they have not. This is the first time back to them will be uh, final series of the playoffs. And they lost in 2008. And they're going to lose again just because of that sign. Uh, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to lose because of a, a Steve Irwin sign. I think that the, the Dodgers are objectively a better team. Um, they have, you know, a guy, they've got a guy who, who's won an MVP in uh, Mookie Betts. They've got a multiple Cy Young winner in Clayton Kershaw and young pitchers just to throw and throw and throw and throw their bullpen strong. I, Listen, the Rays are a strong you, you, team. And you might good. put statistics to it. I put superstition to it. But either way, the Rays are going to lose. I yeah, they're going to lose. I I don't think they have a shot in this. Um, it it might they might win a game, um, but I don't think that they uh, I don't think there's a chance for them to pull out this series. I have a future at four and two, so we'll see if that hits. That is ballsy. It's not that ballsy. I don't, I don't know. What would you throw out at that future, and what are the odds? Um, the odds, I don't uh, know. Roughly, the roughly. Roughly plus three, 350, plus 350. Yeah, I just looked at it. I put one unit on it, so it's not like I'm making big money moves on it. But but plus <sighs> 350 for one unit, and a pretty likely thing to happen. All right. Secondary question. How boozed were you when you made this uh, futures bet? Cause I, know I was sober. It. Sober I was sober. Interesting. No, I only make like 10 times my normal unit bets when drunk. <laughs> that, that's Those are the bets I make drunk is I do 10 times my normal unit and just throw it. I mean, I, I've been there. I, I've done plenty of drunk gambling in my time. Uh, some of my highlights are Irish soccer on a Sunday morning while hammered. And uh, betting this on a that. lot about being hammered Sunday morning after Saturday night. Yeah, I think I was might have still been a little bit drunk when I woke up and then just started up again. Uh, and then another t- another time was a Spanish tennis player. Her name started with an M, and I bet you brought her up, Margarita. That's oh, not yeah. a real name. It's not a real name. Mar- I couldn't. It, I couldn't find her if I had to. Yeah, Margarita won some money when chances drunk at the bar. <sighs> Gotta love true true degenerate betting. But, uh, all right, so I, I, I time to go enough, NFL recap. Uh, degeneracy for the for the pod. But uh, I'll let you go ahead and start this one off. All right, so my first one is Eagles versus the Ravens. So the near comeback for the Eagles. The Ravens dominated in the first half of the game, and the end. The Eagles put up twenty two points in the fourth. The Ravens defense decided they. Were tired, didn't want to play anymore, and just basically let the Eagles run over them. Uh, they did end up coming two points short. It was close. Um, 
Wentz is still only completing about 50% of his passes, but he is taking better care of the ball, and that is leading to a lot closer games because they're not turning over the ball two, three times on Wentz's account. And I will say the 50% passing completion probably isn't all on Wentz. He doesn't have any of his starting, like normal starting receivers out there with him. So I'm putting some of that on them too. I don't think a 50% passing completion really falls on Wentz. I was uh, listening to this game at work on Sunday, and uh, uh, the first drive of the game, I believe Wentz threw, is like, I think they tried handing the ball off first play. It didn't go anywhere. Uh, and then the second play, I think he tried throwing like an intermediate route, missed it, bad throw. Third play, third and 10, he goes to throw a deep ball to John Hightower, wide open. Hits him in the hands and he fucking drops it. So close. And so close. Yeah, it, and it's just that's what it was for a lot of the game. Um, Travis Fulgham is emerging as a contributor on this team. Um, I think you could do worse than him and Greg Ward. Obviously, you'd prefer them not be your number one option, but I think they're both um, able to contribute at this level at the receiver position uh, and. Big news is Thursday night, Deshaun Jackson's finally coming back. So they're getting someone who can stretch the field with speed. You know, he might only catch two passes, but they'll be it'll be for, you know, 70 yards. Well, um, it also opens up the field a little bit more because they're probably going to double cover him or try to he's put a probably, uh, probably man up in a, in a guy over top. So, yeah, I mean, so if, if another guy can, on him and then yeah. the safety back. Yeah. And, and, you know, in, in that case, if, if one of your other receivers beats somebody, then that's, you know, they, they don't have the help there if they get beat. And I think that's a big, big comeback for them. Um, but they are, they did lose Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz in this game for the next three to four weeks. Uh, the injury bug keeps hurting the Eagles. Uh, they did cut a lineman who just had an absolutely abysmal game. Sadly, you're hurting have... for linemen. So. <laughs> Yeah, that says like that says something about it. Just how piss poor he did. Uh, I saw it come across Bleacher Report today. Um, I had another another headline come across that we're going to talk about a little bit later on. Um, but we we can just preface that with "fuck the dolphins." <laughs> but uh, I I agree. But you want to go into your, your first one? Yeah, I mean, I could talk about the Eagles more, but we can we'll, we'll move along. I know we could take a whole podcast just talking about the Eagles. So and how bad right. they are? Oh my god. <laughs> I don't think they're a bad team. I Move think on, my up. man. Move on, my man. All right, all right, all right. Um, so, first up, I have the Stillers versus the Browns. Stillers slapped Baker back to the bench. Baker <laughs> looked like absolute shit in this game. Uh, he threw for 119 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. Uh, Case Keenum came in. That's a name we haven't heard in a while uh, since the year that uh, the Vikings ended up using three different starting quarterbacks. And uh, Ben didn't really look much better. 162 yards passing. Uh, Connor really carried the load here. I remember looking at this and wondering just where did the touchdowns come from? And uh, <laughs> All on the ground. <laughs> yeah, all on the ground. Uh, Chase Claypool, a sol- who's emerging as a very solid number two target for you guys uh, out there in Yinzerland. Uh, ended up leading your team in receptions, four four receptions on four targets, seventy four yards, no none, no touchdowns through the air, but he had one rushing. Uh, Connor and Snell also had a touchdown. He had a pick six from Minka Fitzpatrick. But 
I think this kind of shows that if I don't think these Browns can overcome a strong defense, no matter how strong their running attack is, because if they fall behind, you cannot keep running the ball. Yeah. And I mean, I, like you said, the Steelers defense is a very strong run prevention defense. So like they definitely have some advantage there on uh, the Browns. That is, but Baker Mayfield couldn't get a whole lot going. I mean, he did go 10 for 18, which is not bad. Passing completion. I think the main reason he came out is because they're like, we're not winning this game. No reason to ruin another quarterback by getting him hurt. Oh, Cleveland will always find a way to ruin a quarterback. They don't I know, but they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to prevent as many ways as possible. But, but uh, uh, the Claypool being the number two spot doesn't really worry me because, I mean, Washington um, is a very great number three, but the lack of adjustments from Juju kind of bothers me. It's bothering um, my fantasy team too. It's mine on in the another league. So, <laughs> uh, but, I would say you guys have like a really, really solid player in uh, Ray Ray McLeod. Um, yeah, uh, he's an excellent, excellent return man. Um, I mean, he's at, he one kick return here for you know twenty eight yards, as well as three punt returns for thirty seven. And, and he's, he's the kind of guy that can really change the game in that phase of the game that is often overlooked by a lot of fans. Um, oh, yeah. I he saw was even him. targeted for a pass in the last game. He was. Um, I think a lot of teams are running uh, this kind of – this play that you saw come through college a little bit. At least I saw it come through college when uh, Clemson used to run it a lot when Deshaun Watson played there. Uh, they would bring a receiver in motion, a jet motion, right, like your jet sweep style. But instead of a handoff, they would just kind of toss it forward in front of him so if like something happened there it's a forward pass and it goes hits the ground it's not a fumble plays dead and yeah the guy doesn't have to slow down to take the handoff he just keeps going full speed and takes that little toss up and uh it's kind of funny i remember hearing it uh when listening to the eagle steelers game they ran it a couple of times yeah i see a lot of teams running that more and more now kind of like someone figured out like hey this plays in our favorite to the rule book so a lot of teams have started adopting a similar play. I, I always think you see stuff be tried more in college. Uh, the NFL is very resistant to adjusting from the status quo. Oh, yeah. I agree. I, I'm i still waiting for a team to say fuck field goals and start doing two-point conversions the whole way. Yeah. Um, I mean, with, uh, with, with college football, a lot of times you'll see a little bit more innovation. Uh, I mean, a la Chip Kelly which in the NFL, he worked for a time, not very long, because um, guys just don't have, like, it, it's just very taxing on a defense kind of thing he runs, but that's that, that could be an entire podcast in itself. Um, but I think you see a lot of innovation come through college because some of these smaller programs that aren't going to be successful, they have that leeway to where, you know, they can do those things. Yeah, it's kind of thing like, well... We're probably not going to win, so we might as well just try something new, and maybe it'll help. <laughs> right, right, right. And I, and I think eventually, and like you always end up seeing it at least like dabbled in in the NFL if it has uh, a modicum of success at the college level. Yeah, the Jets might want to take some notes from the college sector. To oh football. My God, the Jets need the <laughs> Jets need, need a lot, lot of, of things. <laughs> uh, honestly, yeah. I, I think they might see some success. Uh, their defense can't get any worse. Um, <laughs> you say that <laughs> so you know maybe bring in chip kelly but i think he's having a good time out there in, at usc um but 
uh, the Jets we'll get into later. But uh, why don't you go ahead and move on to your next one-liner. All right, so my next one-liner is the Giants versus the football team. The team that shall not be named, uh, just slightly more bad than the Giants because this game is very pathetic on both sides of the football. It was... I know we always make the joke, it was it good defense or offensive ineptitude? Well, this was definitely offensive ineptitude. Neither team get the ball going. Kyle Allen was bad. Daniel Jones was bad as QB. Might have been, should maybe should became a running back with 74 rushing yards leading his team that game. It was... Like, what happened in this game? How did the touchdowns happen? I mean, like Daniel Jones, 12 for 19 with 112 passing yards. I want to... I want to know how many running backs outgained him. <laughs> I mean, I'd also like to know how many running backs he outgained on the ground, but how many running backs outgained him on the ground than he threw? Kyle yeah. Allen didn't look terrible. I mean, 31 for 42, that's pretty efficient. Two touchdowns and a pick. It comes down to they have they had nothing going on the ground. They had a grand total of 86 yards on the ground. Um, And just, I mean, neither team has a defense. So I, I, I do think it comes down to offensive ineptitude, but Kyle Allen could be the solution out there in Washington. You know, um, he's in my opinion, looked the best out of, out of anyone that's played for them this year. So. I mean, looking the best out of garbage is still garbage. I mean, yeah, big fish, small pond, but. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. He didn't have a Probably was a little harsh on him, but still. there's a lot of teams that'll take, you know, 31 for 42, two touchdowns and a pick. There's a lot of teams that'll take that over what they're getting right now. But if you're you're getting that every single week, I wouldn't be upset. Chance, as you always like to argue, if your QB can't get it done on the offensive side of the ball, he's not a good QB. I know you love to always argue the right point of you being always correct, but I'm just saying. But let's be be honest here. Um, He put his team in a position to win with that performance. I'll give him that. He did. And, and, and you know, as harsh as I am, out. <laughs> as harsh as I am on, you know, Gardner Minshew and Dak, you know, rip his ankle, but um, as harsh as I am on those guys, they put their team in a position to win. Um, and I, I think I was a little unfairly um, harsh on Dak, but he did put his team in a position to win. So there you heard it here first. I took some sympathy on a Dallas player. <laughs> so all right why don't you go ahead and go into your next one liner yeah we could keep talking about it but no one wants to hear me rant about that no one wants to hear you rant period but you know we continue i mean yeah that that shows in the podcast <laughs> plays like we know <laughs> titans versus texans what is defense this game ended 36 to 42 titans winning in overtime and Ryan Tannehill looking solid as ever, 366, four touchdowns and a pick. And honestly, he went, you know, stride for stride with Sean Watson, who's a premier quarterback in this league, uh, is widely regarded as such, who went 335, four, four touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Derek Henry here is really the name of this fucking game. He's a running back who outgained... Uh, <laughs> Daniel Jones, without the benefit of, uh, you know, throwing the football, uh, he just kind of, he just takes the football and just plans to end someone's career on every single fucking play. He is an absolutely terrifying man. 
to see coming at you. Yeah, I will. I will say, I made the Texans definitely made a great move getting rid of the quarterback. They definitely looked like the completely di- Texans made a great right move getting rid of the coach. My bad there, but um, they definitely looked like a completely different team. I definitely think they're playing like this the whole way through the season. They'd at least be a three three win team, three and two. Um, not saying they would won this game either way. Uh, but I'm definitely thinking that uh. Deshaun Watson's definitely feel more in. He's definitely getting a lot more uh, yards per game. And you know, those four touchdowns is just, um, you really need it in a high-scoring game like this. And I think you're seeing his receivers show up, too. You're seeing Will Fuller finally start to get going. You know, six catches for 123 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Cooks, nine for 68 with a touchdown. Randall Cobb even had a passing attempt in this game. Didn't Didn't work. He didn't complete it, but... Um, I, I think you're seeing the Texans really start to break away from what they were, which is great because they, for what it's worth, they had a shitty schedule to start this season. They played three of the best teams back to back to back. And there's nothing that it's just a rough go of it. And this game is another one. The Tennessee Titans are a playoff bound team. And they're honestly a contender in my opinion, in the AFC to, to be in the championship game, to be in the Super Bowl this year. Um, I, I think they bring, I think they match up well with some of the other, um, powerhouses in the AFC this year. Uh, the Kansas city chiefs have a, have a notoriously bad run defense. And if Derrick Henry can do that against a team with an even average run defense, I am terrified to see what he will do to that, uh, rush defense that Kansas city's bringing. It's going to be interesting next week, um, against the Steelers, Tennessee versus them, because that's, Still is probably the number one, number two run defense in the league right now. John Yentz, one of the best running backs in the league. It's going to be interesting to see who's going to come out on top. Uh, for sure. Um, I I mean, Derrick Henry is, in my opinion, bigger and stronger than anyone on the fucking – than anyone outside of your defensive line on that defense. Um, we, we saw him literally throw Josh Allen – off the fucking field this week. And um, he is a scary running back. But enough gushing about the Tennessee Titans. Let's move on. What's your next one-liner? All right. So the next one I have is the Fins versus Jets. <clears throat> so Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick leads Dolphins to win to end his career. Now, he might not be completely out of a career yet, but... Fitzpatrick had 191 yards, three touchdowns, and a 66.7 passing completion. He then got pulled in the fourth quarter. I mean, there's really no hopes of the Jets coming back. I assume they were protecting Fitzpatrick. He's an older man. don't want him to get dinged up more than he already is. So they bring in Tagalavia. I don't know how to say his name. Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, that. Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. That guy. Um. You just he call him Tua. Two, yeah, it's, Tua. It's easier. Tua throughs two passes, both completions, gets nine yards. Um, and he ends the fourth quarter. Um, and now, I think it was like Monday, maybe Tuesday came out. He is now going to be the starting quarterback for the Dolphins. Now, this hurts. I love Fitzmagic. He's always comes in random times. That's great. Uh, last season, he played 
15 only played 15 games, only started 13 of those games, still had 3,529 yards and 10 touchdowns out of those 15 games he played in. And like I said, only not all of those were complete games. He got pulled in uh, at least one of them, and he got put in late into uh, at least another uh, in two of them. I mean, so. He's not a terrible quarterback. He definitely has issues with interceptions. I think he had two this last game, um, which you don't want to see. But he still always produces, and I think the Dolphins don't really deserve to be the team they are right now without Fitzmagic playing. I'm going to let you say everything you have to say because I'm going to rant about this. So I rant about everything, so no surprise. Oh, this is go- no, this is full blown. Like I'm giving like a rant warning because I'm okay. I could go on about this for an hour. All right, so rant warning. Uh, skip five minutes ahead if you don't want to hear it. <laughs> five minutes? You're being kind. Fuck cut, the Dolphins. I'll cut you down. <laughs> Fuck the Dolphins. Ryan Fitzpatrick has done everything he needs, needed to do to put your team in a position to win all fucking year. And after coming out of this game, Tua throws two passes. And you know what? That's what we need to see. That's our starting quarterback going for. Give me a fucking break. Fuck that. Ryan Fitzpatrick is one of the great, like just got like a great fucking guy in this league. He's bounced around from team to team to team. And no matter where he's gone, he's been the same guy. He has played for eight teams. Just going to inject that. Like, I, I always wonder, like, what would fucking happen if he had been somewhere with a good receiving core or just been able to be at a team for multiple years? Because I remember when I really first started watching football, um, it was like a year or two after that, he came into Buffalo. He was there for like two years. And then he moved on. And he was somewhere else for a couple of years. I'm, I'm pulling up his, uh, his career stat lines here. Uh, I have it up. He's played first. He came to St. Louis at 2005. Uh, played there for two seasons. Um, only had five games out of those two seasons. Played for Cincinnati um, for two seasons playing 14 games in total uh this means it's 2009 where he this he had his longest run at buffalo um playing there for 2009 until the 2013 season when he went to tennessee uh he started basically every game for buffalo out of those uh five seasons or four seasons my bad um tennessee stayed for one year houston stayed for one year New York Jets, two years. Tampa Bay, two years. And Miami has now been two. This is the second year. What I want to know is how how many of those teams had a competent team? How many? Like, this man hasn't been on a fucking winning team. Like, a team where there's pieces around him where he could succeed. He's done what he's done, which, in all honesty, in all accuracy honesty whatever you want to call it he's been a decent quarterback everywhere he's gone how has this man not gotten to to a team with good pieces i will say he has been very interception heavy his entire career um his high of buffalo in 2011 of 23 interceptions which is by no means a good season but he averages around 50 interceptions per season that he plays the whole way through um, or plays most of those games at least. Um, the only team that might have been good, just from my memory, maybe the 2014 uh, Houston team. I don't know if they were good or not. I don't 
have their stats up. But uh, other than that, New, New York Jets were not good in 2015 and 2016. Um, Buffalo was really not good probably until after he left. Uh, they, they weren't good until really this year. I mean, they were okay the I last mean, okay. couple, but... I say last, but to be anything worth of mentioning of he might have had a chance at, uh, definitely not until after he left in 2012, were there anything to snuff at, um, Tampa Bay last couple of years, he didn't get, he played a couple of games, uh, six and eight respectively in those seasons. I, it's just this this kind of thing drives me nuts. I, I read it today. It says, you know, Tua named starter going forward for Miami. And like two hours later, uh, this blind they blindsided this fucking man. This wasn't the game plan going in. You know, you, you think you would think if you're bringing a guy in or, you know, keeping him around to play for you a year or even if you plan to, you know, like, hey, we would just want you to really be a mentor to this young guy and bring him along, and we want him to eventually start at some point this season. Fucking tell him. You yeah, tell the man. That's just Fitzpatrick, so fucked. Fitzpatrick has never been against being the old man quarterback that teaches young ones. Like He has played that role in almost every team he's played for the last season. Um, he, he normally knows that he's going to go because they drafted someone good the year before, or he just knows he's going to be out soon. Uh, so he has no problem playing that role of being the uh, I mean the two mentor years, quarterback. Yeah, the two years before he was in Miami, he was with um, Tampa Bay. He was with Tampa Bay, and he, would, he was there to back up Jameis, help him grow, be a better quarterback. It obviously didn't fucking work because he still threw a hundred thousand interceptions last year. But you know, supposedly and it's because he and was they bring blind. On Tom Brady, so <laughs> and, and then they bring in Tom Brady and say, "Well, this year, but you know, yeah." There's just there's so much to go into on on Ryan Fitzpatrick. All right, moving into our next one here, we've got Bills versus Chiefs. What is wrong with Josh Allen? Uh, like I said last week, maybe it's the week before. You know, early in the season he was playing like he had a two foot cock, and now just he's missing throws, not looking good. <clears throat> This week, 14 for 27, 122 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Uh, the pick came late, so I will just discount that entirely. I don't – it doesn't really matter. I, I think there's a difference between meaningful picks and non-meaningful picks. There's picks that are the quarterback's fault and picks that aren't. So, you know, think of that what you will. But he did not look good this week. Uh, 122 yards out of your quarterback is bad. His running, his running game didn't – they didn't do anything either. <clears throat> I don't think they focused on the rushing attack enough because this this Kansas City rushing defense is bad. And their two running backs at, uh, combined for 15 carries for 42 yards, which is exactly as much as Josh Allen had himself. Um, I think Josh Allen needs to pull his head out of whatever orifice it's stuck into and get it get it together because as it's, as it looks right now and as it sounded during the game he is the offense he needs to be able to throw the ball and stretch out that defense for his running backs to be able to get going he still threw for two touchdowns but this is against kansas city chiefs and honestly this is a winnable game kansas city putting up 26 points is a winnable fucking football game 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like Josh Allen is just returning to his usual shenanigans. And as we've seen, it doesn't win football games in the last season. Um, same way, like, defense is great, holds arguably one of the best offenses in the league to 26 points. I mean, possibly even one of the best offenses we've ever seen in the la- over the last two years, you know? Sure. Between this but, year and last. They're a very explosive offense. Yeah. I would say if the Kansas City Chiefs or Seattle currently has the best offense in the league, um, you could go deep dive into it and argue both ways. But um, one of the best offenses in the league this year, uh, they would hold, they would hold 26 points and Josh Allen just doesn't do anything with it. It's what we normally see from him in previous years. Like, she can't make the big plays when they count. You know, it's like, did he just start off hot? Did he look good, play good, whatever? Or or was that really him? And, you know, it's just tough for him to sustain that. I'm, I'm very curious to see what he does next week. Uh, I'm not quite sure who they play next week. Let me pull that up. They play the Jets next week. Oh, what a perfect game to get back on track. What a fantastic but game for it. Is Josh Allen just good against shitty teams? Because the first game was against the Jets, which was 27-17. Um, Defense is Um Okay, that's fine. Um, Dolphins, which are a bad team, but that's before they really started to pick up. Um, they're still kind of rough there. The Dolphins' then, defense is showing up lately, too. They're, they're again, not a lately, bad but the second game game of the year they were not there and these are the games and then against the Rams is probably one of the better weeks um where Josh Allen is going but I don't don't consider the Rams have a great defense by any means I don't think so either it's it's good athletic defense but and the most impressive win in my opinion is against the Raiders that was a 30-23 game really you would put the Raiders ahead of the Rams I would. This year, I would. Interesting. But, but they have they proved themselves in two games, lost to the Titans and lost to the Chiefs. Which, both those teams, like, you can't really, like, fault them for. Like, those are both really good teams this year. But we'll see after, I mean, they, they played the Seahawks in three weeks. They have the Jets and Patriots, which, in my book, should be two easy wins this year. Um, the Seahawks, Cardinals, Chargers, those three games are really going to make the season for them, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think these upcoming weeks, um, basically, can you get it done when you should? You know? And these are two games that are like softballs coming in at you. I mean, yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Jets game, softball. This, It's a softball that should fly about 700 feet. They should tee <laughs> off on these guys and get back on track and get their tempo back, get their, get their shit together. You know? Yeah. I, I think Josh Allen's taking himself out of the MVP race with this game, but um, you know, there's a lot of season left to play, but I, I think there's a, this is a good time to get back on track. And these is these next two games, you know, it's a little bit of a ramp up. Uh, you know, they just played the chiefs, one of the best teams in, in the entire league. And, you know, it's definitely a drop-off in talent they're playing. Do they sink to their talent that they're playing against? Or do they, you know, step it up and, you know, beat the shit out of the shittiest team in the league? Uh, I would definitely bet 
I mean, the Bills, I think that current spread is like 11 and a half. So uh, 13 and a half. Yeah, 13 and a half. Yeah, that's a little rough to be betting, but. I mean, I don't know, man. The fucking Dolphins <laughs> it's beat them by 24 and yeah, didn't let up a point. And I, and I, and I think this, this Bills defense is just as, is every bit as good as the Miami defense. I, I would claim it's better, but. But let's be honest here. Um, the two losses they have are, are against two of the premier teams in the AFC. Correct. They, they, against the Titans and against the Chiefs, they didn't look good. But those teams are going to contend for a Super Bowl. And now, don't get me wrong, the Bills, I think, are a good team. And I'll probably bet the Bills at, as long as I can get it under two touchdowns, I'll probably bet the Bills. I might even bet it over that. But um, I think the, these Bills are a good team. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contending team. They just played against two teams that are, in my opinion, Super Bowl contenders this year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't got really anything else left this game. All right. Uh you want to move on to your next one, I assume, then? Sure. So, my next one is the Buccaneers versus the Packers. This game surprised me. Um, so, my one-liner is someone finally is able to contain Rodgers. Uh, the Tampa Bay defense, this is the first time, uh, first time they really proved that they can be a great defense against a team that's been having great offense this entire year. Uh, this is the first time Rodgers has been held under 200 yards. Excuse me. First time Rodgers was held under 200 yards. Um, I think he had like 160, 170. His pass completion was also under 50%. Um, and this is just something we're not used to seeing with Rodgers. He's been averaging probably in the 230 range for um, the rest of the season, excluding this game. Um, Tom Brady didn't have a great week. Um, he had 160 yards, 166 yards. Um, with a 63% completion rate, and I think he had a single touchdown. Two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Uh, um, in my opinion here, the Buccaneers didn't just shut down Aaron Rodgers. They shut down the entire Packers offense. Um, you saw the leading rusher in the league in Aaron Jones, 10 carries, 15 yards, averaging in a yard and a half a touch, which is abysmal. Um, but... When you shut them down in the air and they have to depend on Rodgers, I mean, uh, depend on Aaron Jones, it's pretty easy to see where they're going with it. I mean, they really, I will say, they shut down Aaron Rodgers more so than Aaron Jones. Uh, honestly, these two guys, I, I don't think showed up. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 16 for 35 is abysmal. You know, um, I don't know what happened to him, whether he was maybe he spent too much time swiping on Tinder, you know, missing his ex-girlfriends <laughs> or something. I don't know. But um, he looked like complete shit this week. Um, the entire Packers team looked like shit. Uh, I feel bad for whoever they play next because they're going to be playing a pissed off Green Bay team. Next up, they have the Texans. <laughs> yeah. It just the the Texans' unfortunate schedule just continues. So, all right, I think that's about all we got on that one. Moving on, uh, next up we have the Falcons versus the Vikings, and the new coach Juju is strong this season, as you all I'm assuming know. Falcons fired Dan Quinn this past week. They come back. They throw up 40 points against the Vikings, which they 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 put up good offensive performances. Um, under under Dan Quinn, but 
The defense showed up too and held the Vikings in the first half to a shutout. Zero points allowed in the first half. Uh, I know your fantasy team was looking pretty scary because you played Kirk Cousins. Getting flamed in the group scary. chat for that. Okay, I'm I'm gonna defend myself for playing Kirk Cousins. I, honestly, I, in the end, it worked out. I, I'll give you that. In the end, it worked I'm, out because he listen, did show up and have a just let me talk. Uh, just let me talk. I'll let you talk. So I had drafted Matt Ryan and Prescott as my quarterbacks, two decent quarterbacks. I traded Matt Ryan to get an injured McCaffrey. Um, there's other assets that trade, but that's basically the two for two that went. Prescott got injured. I no longer have a quarterback going into last week. I then draft the Saints, Drew Brees, and the Chargers, Justin Herbert, not looking at their bye weeks and not expecting them both to have the same bye week, a.k.a. last weekend. So I was like, it's Friday. I don't have a quarterback. What do I do? I was like, Kirk Cousins is playing the Falcons. The Falcons going into last week had the last – the worst passing defense in the league or near it. So I was like, Kirk Cousins isn't terrible. He shows up occasionally going against the worst passing defense or one of the worst passing defenses. He has to put up something. And he ended up putting like 26 points in my league. You know, Um, not bad. Like I said, it worked out in the end. Yeah, exactly. But I didn't do it out of desire. I did it out of necessity. (laughs) But uh, in this game, you see Julio Jones actually show up for the first time all season. Eight catches for 137 yards, uh, two touchdowns. It's the first time he's been healthy, man. That's what I'm saying. Uh, didn't that also help your fantasy team? That did help my fantasy team. <laughs> I mean, I was going against a scrub, so I, I really didn't need it, but it did help. The real question is, John, you like that? Like what? I, I oh. didn't get it. You don't, you, you don't get, get it. it. Oh, come on. Kirk Cousins, you like that? Come on. Sure. You, you've I'm, never I, seen that? I haven't. All right, so John's uncultured. That we've all learned that. But uh, Justin Jefferson also went off in this game for nine catches, 166 yards, two touchdowns. Um, but the rushing attack wasn't there for either team. This was all done through the air. Uh, Falcons put up 10 points a quarter, which is very satisfying to look at. That is very satisfying. You're Isn't correct. it? <laughs> Talk too often you see that. No, very, very consistent this week. <laughs> but, uh, you know, before I bring up any more dead memes, why don't you go ahead and move on? All right. So my next one is the uh, Cardinals versus Cowboys. It's all hope lost for the Cowboys. So the Cowboys defense cannot hold a team... Um, to a low enough points to make up for the production that was lost with Prescott being injured. <clears throat> so the Cowboys defense struggling. They've been struggling all year, but Prescott has been pulling out, putting them in a position to win. Uh, now, Andy Dalton isn't all to blame for this, if he's to blame at all. He threw two, for 266 yards with a 63% passing completion. Um he didn't end up registering a touchdown. But the offensive line is full of holes if you watch the game. The pass rush was super intense. It looked like he was playing for Cincinnati again, where he just gets no help, uh, no time in the pocket. And 
top it all off. They weren't able to get anything on the ground. Basically, do the same issue. The offensive line was looking terrible um, the whole game. And this just led to uh, the nothing to be able to actually get generated on the offensive side of the ball. And Arizona just kind of take advantage of it, put up 38 points, and be able to beat the Dallas team. What I'd like to say is, you know, if you heard these two stat lines, who would you think is the elite back in the league? <laughs> We've got one running back going 20 carries, 164 yards, and two touchdowns against 12 carries, 49 yards, no touchdowns. Who's the elite, who's the elite running back of those two? Invariably, people are going to say, you know, the one that sounds less, because otherwise I wouldn't be fucking mentioning this. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, who a lot of people were looking to step up in the absence and the absence of Dak uh, to carry this offense. Didn't do anything. Tony Pollard had 10 carries for 31. Didn't do anything. Kenyon Drake did a ton this game. 20 carries, 164 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, out of a guy who's bounced around a little bit. Um, but just really carried the load. I, a lot of the work was done by the, by the Cardinals on the ground. Three of their, of their five touchdowns were on the ground. One by Kyler, two by Kenyon Drake. And, uh, you see a season low for receptions by, uh, DeAndre Hopkins in two, uh, still has 73 yards. He's still a deep threat. <clears throat> Uh, Larry Fitz, still very, um, very dependable. You know, three catches on four targets. And, uh, but Christian Kirk carried the load here. Two catches for 86 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, they're definitely just spreading the ball around, but and really just depending on the ground game to really get it done. And, and the thing is, like, it, when they are winning, I feel like their ground game is doing more than their than the passing attack because Kyler Murray with has, you know, all the arm talent in the world is a smart quarterback, but with the rushing, with a running attack, like they had during this game, they looked unbeatable, but you know, they're not, they're obviously not. Four, two is not a bad record though. Oh, it's definitely not. I believe they're coming off back-to-back losses this week though. They, they were coming off back-to-back losses to the Lions and Panthers of all teams. Yeah, don't like to see that. Oh, but wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They beat the Jets. Sorry, they beat the Jets since those. But that doesn't count as a game. That's a second bye week. <laughs> That's just a stat improvement game. Exactly, it's stat padding. Yep. But yeah, it, uh, I'm going to bring this back to Andy Dalton. If they can fix that offensive line and give Andy Dalton a little bit more time in the pocket, allow the run to actually get past the offensive line and gain yards... I think there's a hope for this Cowboys defense in the end of in the end of the season. Like if they can just fix the holes, get maybe something a little bit better going on defense, doing different combinations to be a little bit smarter than the offense, which is hard in the NFL. But I'm just saying, if they can tighten up the defense a little bit, it doesn't even have to be much, and just give Andy Dalton a little bit more time to work. I, I think you see him be a, a reductive quarterback. He already is decently productive. I will agree. When, terrible offensive line. When you've seen him do well, he has time in the pocket. You know, I won't say he had a bad week this week. I mean, two picks. I didn't watch this game. I don't know how those picks came. That You know, they could have been 
you know, tipped passes or this or that. But I think two, 266 yards isn't bad, but you cannot have Andy Dalton throwing 54 passes. You cannot have him throwing that many. He is he still he's ha- a good quarterback, but I would put him at about the Ryan Fitzpatrick level. He still I, I, had 63% passing completion rating, though, out of those 54 passes. Right. But if he could be a little more efficient or, you know, take care of the ball a little bit better, this could be an entirely different game. But I think the second quarter was the big time for the Cardinals to put up 21 points. And, you know, that there, they put they put up more points than the Cowboys put up the entire game. Yeah. I mean, I, I did watch this game, so I, I saw it first person. It really came down to Andy Dalton had never had the time to think to do about anything. He was always getting pass rushed, always had guys on him. It, it looked terrible on the offensive line. Moving on. Let's move on to my next game. It is Niners versus Rams. Jimmy G looks healthy, but injuries strike again. Ostert's down for two plus weeks. They look good. Not a high scoring affair. Both teams did a pretty good job taking care of the football. You know, one turnover the whole game. Um, Jared Goff didn't have an outstanding week, but you know, 198 and two touchdowns with a pick. Not atrocious. His running attack was there. Compared to Jimmy G, though, 270, three touchdowns, no picks. Jimmy G did more. Yeah, I mean, Garoppolo was injured the first part of the season. Um, came back, didn't look like he was going to do great, but... I mean, take. I think well, he played last week too, didn't he? Yeah, they pulled him when they were getting blown out. Yeah, so it wasn't looking great, but you know, another week of rest after that injury. He's back to normal. I would say he's definitely back to one hundred percent, at least like he's playing like it is, and it shows. For sure. Uh, the crazy thing is, no sacks given up by either team. Now that's an offensive line we'd like to see on the Cowboys and Eagles. You love to see teams where you don't talk about the offensive line because when you don't talk about the offensive line, they're doing their job. It's a tale as old as time. If you're not talking about there's your offensive no, line, there's you don't any love to linemen. It's just how the game goes. It's, it's all negative against them, man. Like, yep. and it sucks. Like, I feel bad. I feel for them, but um, when they're doing their job well, you don't talk about them. Moving on. Um, I didn't watch this game. I don't think you did either. Uh, it's a West Coast game. I don't think either of us really care about it. No, I did not watch this game. You're correct. None of our listeners really care about it. So <laughs> let's just, if we let's have just listeners go ahead and to care. If we, if had, we had listeners, listeners to care, they wouldn't care. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'm up then. Uh, Bengals versus Colts. River's still getting it done with lack of talent around him. So Phil Rivers, we talked about, he doesn't have a whole lot of notable wide receivers around him to really help him out, but he is elevating all of his players. Uh, he threw for 357 yards and three touchdowns, which is just a astounding week, in my opinion. He was going against the Bengals, as I said. Joe Burrow, the arriving quarterback, threw for also 303 yards. And uh, after this week and losing to the Colts, he has inquired about getting traded. <laughs> what? Out of the bank. Yeah, I sent you the link. He, he's inquired about getting traded out of the, the Bengals. <laughs> he doesn't see a future. 
I didn't see this. I have to go back and look. I'm I'm sorry if this holds up the podcast. I didn't see this link. Oh, where is it? Oh wait, no, it's John Ross that's seeking a trade. Oh, my okay. bad. Okay, retake. Okay. I'll no, we're keeping I... this in. Like we're keeping in your fuck up. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I was gonna I'm fucking retake. Say, I was like, wow, that's some fucking balls. I'm not gonna lie. I sent this at two thirty three a.m. So. I thought I saw that this morning. Like, I, I remember seeing John Ross asking for a trade, but John Ross hasn't done anything. He didn't even have a target. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. When I read last night, I glanced over it half awake. I swore it said Joe Burrow. And honest, I swore though, it. Um, John Ross not getting targets to um, to ask out. Honestly, he'd be better off just asking to be released and just try to find a team that's willing to bet on his upside. Because John Ross is fast as fuck. Will blow the te- blow the top off any defense. So Ross has actually been active for the last three games. Uh, we just reactivated last week um, to play in this game. He asked to be traded, but a little bit more after I've been scrolling through this article, kind of glancing over it. Apparently. Um, Brad Cecilia was trying to read Adre um, Green's lips while he was on the bench. And apparently Adre Green's like, they should trade me, which we've mentioned on this podcast. Um, yes, the Cincinnati Bengals almost definitely trade Adre Green, even though he did have a little bit more production this game for them. But he's basically been unneeded in the Joe Burrow offense that he's been running. I definitely agree. I think they should trade AJ Green. All right, moving on to our next one we've got is the Bears versus the Panthers. This game ended 23-16, and I say Bears win another. I'm really not sure how. Um, I'm looking at the stat lines. No one on this team did anything good. Um, If I have to make a guess, uh, Teddy two gloves through two picks, no touchdowns. That's it. Yards don't fucking matter uh, at this point in the in a game like this. Um, but two picks, no touchdowns. Mike Davis ran for a touchdown for the uh, Panthers. And they had where, – where did all their other points come from? Did their kicker kick a million field goals? Yep, yep. Joey yeah. Sly, three for four on field goals. Huh. Yeah, this game, I'm glad I didn't watch it. And I'm sure you are too. It looks like shit on the stat lines. And I'm going to tell you right ESPN now gives... how they won this game, though. Go for it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, Master the presence of Nick Foles on the Bears. That's all just, it took. Just the sheer aura of a massive cock by your quarterback. That's all it took for them to win this game. You know, I, I'll subscribe to that. But supposedly, <laughs> supposedly. The Bears have one of the best cover cornerbacks in the league this year. Uh, I saw a video, forgot his name, but he's one of the least penalized corners, and he plays to break it up. He he almost waits for the guy to catch the football, and just gets his hands in, like at you know, like the blink of an eye, his hands in there, just trying to be annoying when when they're catching the football. Don't know who it is. Um, this is why we're not a good sports podcast. Um, but yeah, I'd say literally just the presence of Nick Foles led them to the win. So we're not calling it the the massive cock aura. 
the big dick Nick Aura led them to the win. Is that better? I like that. I like that better. <sighs> do you do you, do we want to talk about this? Because I I have nothing to say about this game other than big dick Nick. Uh, bet him till he stops proving himself. <laughs> bet him money line. I don't trust any spread. <laughs> in, I. I I don't trust many spreads involved. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree. Money line's the way to go in that game, but <laughs> yeah. Again, till he proves us wrong, Big Dick Nick wins football games. God, I wish I had a Sunday off to just relax and watch football. Uh, I would. We would have such a better podcast if I didn't work Sundays. Well, get on that, bud. I, I tell you what, I am, uh, for any of you listening, I'm very excited to announce I have an interview with a company that will not make me work Sundays and uh, pay me more money. So <laughs> we're all excited. I hope you all wish me luck, all four of you. <laughs> all Cheers. right. So and I'm going to go into my next one after that, oh, which is, is yes. yep, Patriots versus Broncos. The dynasty is over. Many people have claimed that the Patriots have had a dynasty over the last almost two decades with Tom Brady and Belichick going at it, getting wins, getting Super Bowls, doing what they do best. Uh, Cam Newton is definitely was not the best pick um, to replace Tom Brady. Cam Newton is back uh, after his COVID case thing he had going on, but he did not come back with a vengeance at all. Uh, he had only 157 yards, two interceptions, um, just not looking good. But they might have some stock in Julian Edelman being a quarterback, going two for two for 37 yards. And according to the Dolphins, that's even more reason to make him a starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, they, they might be might, – the Dolphins might be looking to make a trade for um, Julian Edelman to to be the new uh, helm of their franchise, leading the yep. leading the charge, because if two completions for nine yards is good, two completions for thirty eight is better. Um, thirty seven. Don't give him too much credit. Thirty seven is it? Thirty seven. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh no, I, ESPN has it at thirty eight. What is this? I might have wrote it down wrong. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, uh, Julian Edelman <clears throat> played three years of quarterback for Kent State in the MAC conference at the quarterback position. So, well, experience. Know, That's all he's I got heard. The experience. experience. You know, he's ready to lead the Dolphins to the fucking playoffs. There you go, Dolphins. Honestly, sign him up. Make the trade. Probably, <laughs> the Patriots probably be better off if they started Julian Edelman at quarterback. Don't tempt Bill Belichick. All right. He's turned grocery baggers into all pros. I am tempting. Um, I actually have an interesting thought here. With a quarterback who has an ability to run in a penchant to do so, and you know, a guy you can you scheme around to run like Cam Newton, do we consider his rushing ability in the offense? You know, he had um, ten carries for a for seventy six yards and a touchdown. That's a pretty good fucking day. Preferably, it's out of a running back, not your quarterback, though, uh, because he out he over he outshadowed, overshadowed, whatever you want to call it, the rest of the running of his entire team. Um, but the rest of his team combined for uh, let's see, fifteen carries, nineteen, 
41 yards and no touchdowns. That's fine. Cam Newton has been known to be a running running quarterback and quite good one. But when he gets matched by um, Derrick Henry for his entire no. offensive output. <laughs> no, when he gets matched by uh, matched by Daniel Jones, the quarterback for the Giants, who is by no means known as a running quarterback with the same – he had 74 yards on the ground. Very basically the same. He's definitely not known as a running quarterback. If you're going to make yourself a name for being a running quarterback, you need to put up more than 76 yards. I don't know about that one. Come on now. I mean, good old Lamar Jackson only ran for 108. <laughs> That's more than 76, is it not? I guess. But, I mean, you don't, you don't want that week in, week out. I'm uh, not saying you do. I'm not saying as a GM or a coach, I want my quarterback running for 100 yards. But if that's the only way I'm getting production out of my offense is my quarterback running the ball, I want more than 76 yards out of him. Period. I'm not yards. saying that's right. the optimal right. thing to, for it to be. But if that's what it's coming down to is that my quarterback has to run the ball, I want more than 76 yards. All right. But how about this? He outrushed Kareem Hunt, David Johnson. But those teams have – they have Perry. passing offense. They have a passing offense to make up the gap. There's no passing offense on the New England Patriots this year. Todd Gurley, Alexander Madison. All have passing offense. Raheem Mostert, one of the most explosive backs in the league this season. He was, passing I would offense say, availability. with Daryl Henderson from the Rams. 14 carries, 88 yards, no touchdowns. And Jared Goff can pass the ball. Ugh, barely. But he can. More than Cam Newton can. Yeah. I mean, I'll give it that. I'll <laughs> like, give it that. He's got a better throwing line, but Cam Newton's never been fucking known for his arm talent. Let's be honest. Agreed. Anyway. Um, he was leading rusher on the, on the Patriots. Um... Philip Lindsay got it done in um, Melvin Gordon's absence. This is a low-scoring game. Uh, congrats to anyone that bet the under. Uh, I'm sure this is boring as shit to watch unless you love defense, unless you're one of those sickos. But uh, <laughs> there's just not a lot to talk about here. Unless we I will start, say. Unless we want to start breaking down linebacker statistics. Philip Lindsay, basically being the sole running back on that team, for that game. Um, he's no, because the previous three years, or how many years have been in the season, in the league, I mean, um, he's been always on a two, uh, three to four running back committee uh, in Denver and never really got a time. Like, in my opinion, always outperformed the other backs, but they never, never gave him the sole purpose of being a running back. They always like, you're one of the four we're going to throw out there for every however many plays he gets a game always did well always has a passing threat he has great hands and phil Lindsay was an undrafted pick that denver picked up and a homegrown played through denver local football i think went to colorado state or something like that played local colorado football his entire life he did go to and colorado even, yeah um and 
even went through a training camp when he was in like high school with the Denver Broncos. Like Broncos through and through this man is, and he comes, puts up good numbers for you, and you really never give him a chance. They draft Mel, well, you don't, you pull in Melvin Gordon over top of him, and basically, which Melvin Gordon is a good pickup for Denver, but like I don't know, I just hate to see that happen to Philip Lindsay, who has great stock, has no desire to go play football anywhere else, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know his brain, but I doubt he does. I bet he ends up somewhere else. He he strikes me as like a... Do you remember that those Chargers teams when LT was still there and Darren Sproles was around? Remember those teams? Yeah. yeah. He strikes me as, a, as the, the Darren Sproles type who just wants to play ball. I think he wants to play ball for Denver, <laughs> though. I, I, don't get me wrong. I think so, too. Like he's a local guy stayed local wants to play for him but like sometimes those guys just don't work out but he he would have if melvin gordon had come in and they just gave him the running back position they never would have given it to him there's no he reason not to though he doesn't prototype as a three down back why not I, I i don't think he could just i don't think he could carry he, that kind of a load throughout an entire 16 game season of tw- there's no way he could do 20 carries a game for 16 fucking games. It's not fucking feasible. In my mind, it is. But hey, if they would have someone better than Drew Locke, he wouldn't have to have 20 carries a, a game. In to... my opinion, you should have about the number of carries they had. Um, but they you, had 32 you don't carries. need to depend so much on those carries. Like, yes, you might have 20 carries, but part of those carries are getting like the one yard to get the first down and then you throw the ball some more, maybe do another carry, another carry here. And I'm not saying they get rid of all their other running backs and just depend straight on Philip Lindsay. Royce Freeman's not bad. Um, but when you depend more on Royce Freeman, which this game they didn't, but like last season, season before, they depended a lot more on Royce Freeman and whatever other running backs they had. And they didn't do run a two court running back committee. They ran three or four running back committees. So they're just having and they basically split their opportunities of plays pretty evenly. And in my opinion, Phil Lindsay outperformed them all and should be getting the bulk share like he did this game. In my opinion, at the NFL level, running back by committee is almost fucking stupid. Try and get two decent backs and just say fuck it beyond that. Um, I wouldn't give that third running back more than about 10, 12 snaps. You know, get your guy, I, get yourself a guy I'm like, not, like I'm not like, disagreeing with you. I, I think with a better quarterback, these Broncos could succeed with a running back tandem of Lindsey and Freeman. Correct. Sorry. If they don't pick up Melvin Gordon, use that cast space to get a better quarterback than Drew Locke. Or... Who is available in the... I don't know. I'm not saying. I'm just saying they don't pick up Melvin Gordon. They use a, some means of trading to get another quarterback. Um... I'm sure Fitzpatrick's looking for a place to go. I would love to see Fitzpatrick come to Denver. Oh, there it is. That's the trade <laughs> of the fucking season. Bring Fitzmagic to Denver. If the NFL gods exist, grant me one wish and send Fitzmagic to fucking Denver. That's all I want. The guy looks like he smokes eight pounds of pot a year anyway. Fuck it. Send him out there. Let him have a fucking team. They've got some talent at wide receiver. They've got two good running backs and Melvin Gordon, who's, you know, shows up when he wants to. 
fuck it. Bring him out there. Let him have a great time. I really don't get the impression that Fitch Magic fucking smokes pot. I mean, he might, but like, he does. He gives me more of the guy that drinks a fucking case of cheap beer on the weekend type of guy. <laughs> Those guys are the same person. <laughs> okay. All right. So moving on to our last recap of the week. We have Lions versus Jags. Dueling mediocre quarterbacks leads to a game that no one gives a flying fuck about. Uh, do we have Unless you're a Lions or Jags fan. They didn't even care. <laughs> I didn't even know Jags fans existed. Except Tommy. Tommy at Tommy's at the Run Stocks. Tommy's a Jags fan. Uh. But actually I know a fucking Lions fan too. Jesus Christ. Anyway, outside of those two guys. As far as I know, no one gave a flying fuck about this game. Um, Matt Stafford, 223, a touchdown and a pick. Gardner Minshew, 243, a touchdown and a pick. Nothing inspiring on the ground on the Jacksonville side. DeAndre Swift put just picked up Matt Stafford, said, here, young child, hop into my backpack, and carried him all the way to a fucking W. 14 carries, 116 yards, and two touchdowns. Adrian Peterson, father time himself, 15 carries, 40 yards, and a touchdown. And that's pretty much the story of the game. Um, we had a defensive touchdown on the Lions side. It hurt my uh, betting week, but, you know, fuck it. Why am I betting on the Lions-Jags anyway? Unless it was the under. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think that hit. I'm not sure where the line was set at. Ah, uh, that's 50. It's It wasn't that high. Uh, probably not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Both teams didn't look bad. Both teams didn't look great. It was just a... I mean, for once, I would say this is one of the most average weeks Minshew's had. Only throwing 243 yards. I feel like he's almost clipping 300 every every uh game so i feel like he came a little bit back close to the earth where he belongs uh again doesn't show up on the scoreboard though only he only put up one touchdown and total, total team only put up 16 points all uh, right in my opinion i think the jags letting leonard fournette go might have been the biggest mistake of the entire nfl season um i think this team have who have they played you know what? I want to look at this before I go putting my dick out on the line here. Colts, Titans, Dolphins, Bengals, Texans, and Lions. They beat the Colts in week one. Um, you know, I, in my opinion, week one losses don't really fucking count. But Especially without a preseason. They will only lost, They were in a close game with the Titans week two. Blown out by the Dolphins uh, within a touchdown of the Bengals. Blown out by the uh, two scores by the Texans and two scores by the Lions. And I think around week three to four, you start to see teams really settle into really who they are. So, I mean, you know, a couple of uh, a couple of close losses. I think, you know, with Leonard Fournette, maybe that Titans game swings the other way. Uh, that Bengals game could probably swing the other way. Let's be honest here. The Bengals are good. They're not that good. So... Uh, I, I think this Lion, or this Jaguars team, I think their defense sucks, but, you know, teams haven't really, like, buried them. I mean, they're letting up 
Uh, I mean, every team. Now, fuck me. Never mind. Every team scored 30 points on them, and you don't deserve to win at that point. But at the same time, I think controlling the ball with a solid run game can limit the other team's output, you know? Yeah. Well, so, I think that's it for our NFL recaps. I think so, because I, I don't care to talk about the Jags Lions much more. It hurts my <laughs> brain to even be talking about it that much. But uh, I think next up, we, you know, give me your, you know, we're already a game into the MLB uh, World Series. Give me your pick. I think I know what it is because you're a rational human being, but let's hear it. Yeah, it's the Dodgers. I, I think the Dodgers, regardless of how long this series goes, I think it's the Dodgers all day long. I think even if it goes seven games, the Rays don't have the um, the playoff experience. They're a very young team. They're one of the lowest payroll teams in the league. The Rays have one of the most one of the most phenomenal talent producing farm systems across all of the MLB, but it's not enough to get it there. They have been world series contenders multiple times over the last, you know, 10, 12 years, but it, they've never had enough to get it there because they always need that guy. Those couple of guys who are older, who have been there to get them over the top. And so. they need to stop making signs about Steve Irwin. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to him down to. Uh, it's, it's so give, I'm sure. give me your prediction. How many games is going to go? Five. Five? Five. I think so the Rays pull one. out a game. I think they pull out an offensive explosion, score 12 runs, and then, you know, the Dodgers give their late, late, uh, their back end bullpen guys a day off. It's like, ah, you know, Kenley and whoever else take the day. We're going to get fucking smacked here. And then they'll just move on to the next day and just go back to whipping the shit out of the Rays. That's what's going to happen. All right. I believe it. I, I have them four, too. Like I said earlier in the pod. But, you know, we'll I wouldn't see. rule that out. I, I don't think that's at all unlikely, but um, I, I think 4-1 is much more likely. Good enough. All right. Well, you want to take close this podcast out? I suppose I can do that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Inser and Ginger podcast. We post every Thursday morning. Uh, we hope you listen to us again and uh, have a good week from the Ginger. And remember to follow us on all the social medias as well, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And bye from the Yinzer.